Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. So glad and honored to be here this morning. John chapter 1 verses 29 through 31 says, The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This, he, this is he whom I said, after me comes a man who, I, who is preferred before me, for he was before me. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with water. Let's pray. Father, I ask this morning, God, that you would just do a great work today. Lord, I pray, Father, more than anything, God, that we would love you more when we leave this place. God, we would understand your voice, Father. We would be sensitive to your spirit, God. I pray that you would just do a great thing in us today. In Jesus' matchless name, we all say amen. amen. You may be seated this morning. Come on, give Omaha a round. I'm going to work him today. He, he's been up there since first service with me, and so we're, uh, we're, we're going to work this thing together. But um, I, I got to be honest, I had a completely different message that I was going to speak to you guys. And as I was preparing this week, um, I, I had my message ready to go and, and good to go. And, uh, and then I fell asleep on Wednesday night. And as I fell asleep, um, you ever have a crazy dream? I mean, like a real, real crazy dream. Um, I had a real, real crazy dream because I was asking the Lord, what, what is it that you want me to speak? I know what I want to speak, but what do you really want me to speak? And so then I get, got the answer through a crazy dream. And um, I was at a, a church service in this dream. Just a dream, not a real church service. I was at a church service in this dream. It was a big, huge church, a mega church. And um, everybody was running to the front, and they were so excited to see. I could see from the back this man, these three men walking to the front. Uh, up here, and 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 uh, in the dream, everyone was just running, so excited to see this person. And so, um, I, I go up to see what all, what everything's about. And um, as I get closer, I, I noticed something was just off. Something was wasn't right. And the the church was so uh, excited and so happy and so uh, enthusiastic about seeing this individual. And he was going around and blessing people, uh, you know, and touching their head and blessing them. Um, and, 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 and it was a church service, and, and so I thought, you know, this guy was the pastor, obviously, and as he was walking around, I got closer, and, and I noticed something odd about this individual. Um, I noticed that he wasn't a pastor, but he was dressed as one. I noticed um, that he wasn't even a Christian. He was actually a satanic priest. That's what I could tell in my dream, and, um, but the thing is this, is that sometimes in church we get so excited about the power that someone possesses that we chase it. And, and, and sometimes what happens is, is you, um, you overlook because you get, um, you get hungry for the power. You, you like the evidence of the power. And, and so as I was in there, I was, I was thinking, man, why is everybody excited? Can't everybody tell that this guy is not a Christian? This guy's a satanic priest. And, and the guy came up and he kissed me on my forehead. And I could feel his wet lips on my forehead. And I said, what's, what's he doing? And he just looked at me. And, and I could tell, I was like, but no one around me knew what he was. And, and so um, that's when I knew what I was supposed to speak today and, and, and speak on today. Because, um, you know, it, it's one thing to know about God, but it's a totally different thing to know him. 
Because when you understand him and you know God, um, God gives you discernment and God gives you insight to things. And, and this morning, I think sometimes at church, we get excited because people, you know, possess certain things. I want to let you know this morning, don't get excited about the power. Get excited about the character that they possess because character, you, anyone could have power, but the character of Christ that is supposed to dwell inside of us will really validate that power or not. And some people are chasing things, and you might be one of those here today, and this might be a warning for you. You might be one of those that are just chasing people because they have the power. Listen, it's more than just that. There has to be a character that goes along with it as well. And as you get closer to God, he'll give you discernment. It doesn't matter if anybody else in the building recognizes it. When God speaks to you, you need to respond. Amen? The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he whom I said after me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with water. I want to ask you a question this morning. I'm going to start with this question. I'm also going to end with this question. And the question is this. Do you know him? Do you know him this morning? I'm not talking about about him, but do you know him? Can you tell when he's in the building? Can you tell when he shows up? And can you tell when he's not there? You see, there are times when he's there and we don't acknowledge that he's there, but our acknowledgement of him doesn't mean that he's not there. It's just that some of us don't acknowledge that he's there so we can't receive because we don't acknowledge. And then there are times that we get so excited that he's there, but he's not present at all because we've tried to make service happen about us. We sing certain songs because we know that, you know, last month that song, the Holy Spirit fell on that song, and we think it's about the song. It's not about the song. It's about his presence and about the hunger that me and you possess. So do you know him this morning? Can you tell when he's here? Can you tell when he's not? Has he became real to you? I'm not saying you know him through your grandparents or you know him through your pastor or your Sunday school teacher or your directors or your leadership. Do you know him for yourself? Do you understand when he's speaking and when he's not speaking? Do you understand the truth versus a lie? Because you could take a lie and you could paint it as a truth, and if it sounds good enough and you say it good enough, someone's going to believe that it's the truth. Kid, do you have it inside of you that you know him deep down inside of you? Do you know when someone says the situation's going to be bad, but he's speaking something against that and says, no, it's going to be good? Can you, do you know him? I'm talking about in reality, do you know him? You see, there's a huge difference between knowing him and knowing about him. I've oftentimes had conversations with people, and in these conversations, I'm talking about, you know, a certain person, and, and all of a sudden, that person starts talking like they know that person. And so I asked them the question, oh, you know that person? Oh, no, no, I, I just know about him. You see, you could go on Google, and don't do it right now, but you could go on Google, and you could look up anybody, a famous person. You can look up what they like to eat, where they live at, where they went to school at, where they grew up at, who their parents are, how many kids. But it doesn't equate to knowing them. You know about them. And a lot of us know about God, but we don't know him. And so when you know about God in in, in theory, you don't know about him in reality. And God's not looking for just a dating relationship. He's looking for marriage. God's looking for intimacy this morning. And that's what he desires with his bride. 
You see, some of us know him in reality. You're sensitive to his spirit. You know when he walks into the building. You know when he's there. You know when the presence of God shows up. You know how to respond to that. You know that if he wants to show up on your car, you know, in your car on the way to work, you're sensitive to that. If he speaks to you at the grocery store to pray for somebody, you're sensitive to those things. But some of us only know him in theory. You know about him and what he's done, how he's moved. But we don't know him in reality. John chapter 12, verses 12 through 13 and verse 19 says, The next day a great multitude that had come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. The Pharisees, therefore, verse 19, the Pharisees, therefore, said among themselves, you see that you are accomplishing nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. In his book, The God Chasers, Tommy Tinney writes this. He says, on the day that Jesus made what we call his triumphal entry into Jerusalem on the back of a little donkey, his path through the city probably led him right past the entrance of the temple of Herod. I believe, he writes, I believe the reason the Pharisees were upset at the parade in John 12 is because it it disturbed their religious services inside the temple. He says, I can hear them complaining. What is all this going on? You're disturbing the high priest? Don't you know what we are doing? We're having a very important prayer service inside. And do you know what we're praying for? We're praying for the Messiah to come. And you have the audacity to interrupt and make all this noise. And he writes, and they missed their hour of visitation. Because they understood him in theory, but not in reality. You see, what you've been praying for and what you've been looking for and studying for, when it's right in front of your face and you don't recognize it, something is wrong with that. When it's right in front of your face, here Jesus, the Messiah, is right in front of their face. But because he came in in a different manner that they were looking for, they dismissed it as being false. How many times have we dismissed the presence of God in service because he moves outside of our schedule? You know how many of us would be so mad if we came to church and the presence of God hit the building so heavy when we first walked in? We would leave here saying, they didn't play the fast songs. I can't believe they didn't play the fast songs. We didn't even get to see Connect this week. All of what happened at church, you know, we walked in and everybody was on their face. Isn't that the purpose of church in the first place? Is to encounter God? It never was about coming together and singing songs so that we could all be happy and clap and dance in the river. Because if we don't understand that the river is him, then we've missed the total aspect of the whole song. We've we've got the thing all backwards. We know him in theory. We mess up the schedule and people get all messed up. Don't mess with my church schedule. I got to be out of here passionate by 1210. I get hungry by 1215. And you're going to start looking at me kind of mad. I don't care if you look at me kind of mad. I'm a big boy. I can handle myself. Do you know him? Do you know him? He didn't die so we could have services. He died so we could have relationships. And we've made it about services. 
We've made it about two songs, a connect offering, and then preaching, and we're out of here. He died for relationship with me and you. He died so that he could say, listen, I don't only want to visit you here at Mount Pleasant Theater. I want to go home with you in your car. I want to be with you at the grocery store. I want to be with you in the restaurant. He says, I died for relationship. Do you know him this morning, or do you know about him? The Pharisees knew about him. They could quote scripture and tell you about him. I'll tell you what, I'm not impressed when people come up and quote all kinds of scriptures to me. I don't know if you, it doesn't really matter to me if you could tell me the stories of the Bible. I don't care your experiences. If that experience hasn't equated into a life change in your life, then you know what? Then you really haven't done it right in the first place. Because our relationship with him and who he is in our life should bring us to a place of obedience. Obedience isn't always, you see, we think if I'm obedient, then what's going to take place is this, that I'm just going to want to love to do what God calls me to do. No, oftentimes what we want to do and what he's called us to do don't line up. He's telling you to go pray for somebody. You're like, I'm eating dinner right now. I'm kind of hungry. Well, go put your dinner down and pray for them. I don't think I want to pray for them right now. And so what happens is that obedience doesn't always line up with how I feel, but because I love him and I know him in reality, I'm obedient to his voice and sensitive to his spirit, and I know he must know something that I don't. I've told this story before. I remember I was leaving service. We were at... um, Overfeld at the time when I was leaving service and it was a nice summer day and I had my windows and my truck rolled down and um, I was bumping some Fred Hammond. So I love Fred Hammond. So I was bumping. I just got the CD and I was rolling down their Capitol Expressway going, going home to the south side. Any south siders in the house? Hey Amen. I'm talking live on the south side, not claim the south side. So live. <laughs> Maybe I should ask the question differently. <laughs> some people are like, I don't like that pastor where you come from the south side. I just live on the south side. That's it. (laughs) And so I'm driving home, and I see this little truck behind me trying to keep up with me. And I'm like, what in the world is this guy trying to do? And so in in my truck, listen to Fred Hammond, I hear the Spirit of the Lord say, this person's going to pull up next to you, and they're going to ask you, who are you listening to? You need to tell them who you're listening to, and then give them the CD. I was like, you know, Lord, I just bought this CD. (laughs) I, this is Fred Hammond. I, I had a hard time finding this CD. There's no way this is going to take place. And so, <laughs> and so I'm driving, and sure enough, this little truck catches me, pulls up beside me, and all of a sudden, the passenger window goes down. I was like, there's no way. No way. She's just hot. She's just rolling the window down. Maybe she's just hot or something. And all of a sudden, the words come out of her mouth. Hey, what are you listening to? I was like, man, here we go. (laughs) And so, long story, I wasn't obedient, okay? Forgive me, Lord. So long story short, I say, Fred Hammond, the light turns green, and I take off. (laughs) Honest to God, truth, I have no clue where the CD is till this day. I don't know what happened to it. (laughs) obedience isn't always what we want to do but it is what he's called us to do and when you're sensitive to his spirit he tells you things like that you see some of us are just waiting we don't we don't think it's God's voice until 
like we see things flying around and things happening. God speaks to us in such simple ways. There's times where he'll allow you to see a hurt and feel the pain inside of you. He doesn't always call you to do something, but he breaks your heart for that very thing. It's him speaking to you. When you know him in reality, you know when he's speaking to you. You also know when someone's trying to get something out of you and God's like, nope, it's not me. Hey, that ain't me speaking right now. Don't you give him something. Don't you give him something. Nope. When I know him in reality, I understand his voice. I've practiced his voice. I've practiced being in his presence. That's why it's more than just coming to church. It's more than just the, uh, the, the religious acts. The Pharisees, man, they were, the, they were the, the, if we talk about church people, they were churched people. But they knew him in theory, and here he is, the Messiah, right in front of their face, and they miss him. They miss him because they knew him in theory and not in reality. You see, when what you've studied is right in front of you, and you don't recognize it, there's something wrong. When God wants to move in a way that is outside of the norm of how we see God move, when God wants to do something in a way that is outside of, 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 of our church service and our schedules, we can't get upset at that. If he wants to move and not have you know, worship or preaching at all, he just wants to move, you have to be okay with that because that's how God wants to move that day. And when I understand him in reality, I could walk in and my spirit bears witness with that. And I understand I'm supposed to engage with that, not run away from that thing. But some of us get upset at that when you mess up my church service. We should write a movie or something on that, talking about when you mess up my church service. <laughs> a whole sequence, because you guys got stories, I know that. Oh, they asked for a second offering. That could be episode two. Ask for a second offering in church. <laughs> you see, it does no good to know about him if you don't recognize him when he shows up. Does no good to know about him if you don't recognize him when he shows up. The Bible says something crazy in, in the passage of scripture we opened up with. Verse 31 of John chapter 1 says this. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with water. I want you to understand something. John didn't have a pamphlet that had Jesus' picture on it. And, and he wasn't told, this is who you're looking for. John just knew that he was the forerunner for Christ, and being the forerunner, he knew that there was somebody that was coming after him that was greater than him. So all John is doing is being obedient and baptizing people and what he's called to do. But the moment that Jesus steps onto the scene, John sees Jesus coming on, and he says this, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. I didn't know him. I didn't have a pamphlet. His picture wasn't on my iPhone. He wasn't my Facebook friend. I don't have a profile picture. But my spirit bared witness when he walked into this place and I knew that it was him. Do you know when he walks into the room? You see, John didn't know what Jesus looked like, but the moment he saw him, he knew it. How is it possible? Look at Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 41. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. I don't know what he looks like, but I recognize him when he shows up. 
How is that possible? Because John's been sensitive to the spirit of God since he was inside of his mama's womb. When Mary showed up on the scene, Elizabeth hears her voice. The Bible says that John jumped inside of her womb. He gave her, you know what I'm talking about, moms, when you're sitting in church and you're pregnant and you're all uncomfortable, and all of a sudden that baby decides to play, you know, soccer inside of there and kicks your ribs all crazy. That's what happened to Elizabeth at this moment. Elizabeth has a jolt of the Holy Ghost. John, John is exposed to that thing, and now he's sensitive to the Spirit of God. He's exposed to the Spirit of God. He understands the Spirit of God. So you fast forward years later. He's supposed to baptize Jesus. Doesn't know what he looks like. Doesn't have his picture. But all of a sudden he shows up and behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. I didn't know who he was, but I recognize him. Do you know him this morning? Do you know when he's walked into the building? Do you understand when his presence shows up? Do you understand that he's here right now? Do you understand that, if, that he's walking in and out of these aisles and everything that's being spoken? He said, listen, it's for you this morning. This is for you because God's done playing the dating game. God wants intimacy, relationship, with you this morning. John leaps in his mama's womb, not even born, and he was sensitive to the presence of God. Oh, I find it funny. I've heard so many people have great, crazy experiences of seeing God and feeling his presence, yet they were high on drugs in the gutters of life doing some crazy stuff, and they came in to church, I seen Jesus. And here, church folks don't know how to take that because you know what? We ain't never seen them. Man, I felt his touch. It was so amazing, his love. And we're sitting here. We're supposed to be the ones that can say, yeah, that was him. We, I, you know, that, that's exactly how he moves. And we're like, whoa, what it feel like? And we're the church, the ones that are supposed to be teaching them. Maybe we should take a seat one day and say, just let me know of this experience. I'm not saying we have to become great sinners to see God. But what I am saying is sometimes we've gotten so much in our mind and so much teaching that what happens is it blocks our ability to feel his presence and understand his presence. Because we know how to do church. We know what it is to do church. We could do church in our sleep. Put a schedule together, preach a word, sing the right songs. We know what it is to do church. But has doing church equated to a deep relationship with Christ? If not, have we been doing church wrong? He died not for services, but for a relationship with me and you. So that he could have a relationship with me and you. Gave his life for that. Not for two fat songs, announcements, offering, and then preaching. No, he says, listen, if I'm not in the songs, then nothing's going to happen to you. If I'm not in the preaching, nothing's going to happen to you. He says, I died for relationship with you. That's all he, he, he's dying to have relationship with you. That's all he wants. And so he puts together services for you, hoping that one day you'll get it. You'll capture it. You'll understand it. 
How is it that they could have these great experiences? People that are of other religions, they are, you know, Muslim people that are, that are experienced Christ. He's talking to them, yet some of us don't even know what his voice sounds like. You can't respond because you don't know what you're responding to, yet we've been churched our whole life. Have we been doing it wrong? Have we missed something in what we've been doing? John didn't know what he looked like, but he understood, man, my spirit bears witness with what just took place. Something jumped inside of me again. I remember that in my mama's womb. Something jumped, and then something jumped inside of me again. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. You see, you don't have to know all about him as long as you could tell when he shows up. You don't have to know all about him as long as you can tell when he shows up. I'd rather take someone who's sensitive to the Spirit of God and obedient to the Spirit of God over someone who has this great degree and has gone to, you know, seminary and, and, and is a theologian. I, I don't care about schooling at this point in my life. I don't care how many scriptures you quote. What I care about is are you sensitive to his Spirit and are you obedient to his Spirit? Because that's what he works through and that's what he's always worked through and that's what he desires to work through today. You don't have to have any more classes. All he's saying is have relationship with me. I'll teach you along the way because sometimes when you know too much you depend upon your knowledge and not your faith sometimes when you know too much you depend upon your knowledge and not your faith Some of us have great knowledge in the building, but you know what? We depend upon that. We know every answer to every situation that everybody's going through, even yourself. You got the solution. I don't even got to go to God any longer because I already got the answer inside of me. Shame on us if we feel like we got it all together and we eliminate him from the process in our life. If he's not the first one you run to, then we're running to the wrong person in the first place. Sometimes what we know is killing us. John 1, 10 and 11 says this. He was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. You see, Jesus didn't show up to strangers. The Bible says he came to his own and his own did not receive him. He didn't show up to strangers He came to his own. You see, there's nothing worse than knowing that you belong at a place but not being welcomed at a place. I've said it like this. Imagine a big family reunion has taken place and they've planned it out and everybody's gotten together and here you are, you show up there, you knock on the door and the people at the door answer and say, who are you? Well, I'm here for the family reunion. Yeah, I know we're having a family reunion, but you're not family. Why are you here? What do you mean? You're not a part of us. Who are you? Why, what are you doing here? How many of you know that all the excitement that, that took place leading up to that would just be done away with? You would leave shattered. You would leave shattered from that place. Why? Because when you don't belong at a place that you're supposed to belong to, something takes place. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. The place he should have been embraced and belonged to, the Bible says that we didn't even receive him. The people didn't receive him at that moment. He came to his own. The creation told the creator, you're not welcome here. 
The creation told the creator, you're not welcome here. Get out of here. You're not the real thing. You're a, you're a fake. And, and, and so the creation is crushed now, or the creator is crushed. I'll put it in this way. Imagine you have this beautiful house. You've worked hard for this house. You've paid this house off by your blood, sweat, and tears. You've given all that you have to this house. I mean, you built the most beautiful house. This is your dream house. But your kids are living in your house. Okay, they get to enjoy your jacuzzi tub. They get to walk in on your granite tile. They get to eat on your granite countertops there. Get to sleep in your big old bed. You you got a room. Your, Your master bedroom's as big as other people's houses alone. They get to enjoy everything. Even comes with a a housekeeper. They don't even got to clean anything. Someone cleans up the house. They got it made. Now imagine one day you go to that house and you knock on the door and you're greeted by your son, your daughter. And they say, hey, what are you doing here? And you say, I just came to visit the family and want to see how the house is doing. Yeah, you know, you can't come inside. Matter of fact, if you don't leave here in the next few moments, I'm going to have you escorted off the premises. You pay for the house, bought the house, worked for the house, your name's on the deed of the house, their name's not on it, and now they're telling you, the owner of the house, they're telling you that you don't belong there. You can't even come inside of your own house, and so you find yourself now, hold on, this is my house. Aren't you glad that God is not like some of your parents? Because, you know, if I tell you I'm coming in and you tell me, no, I'm going to tell you one time if I'm a parent. And then after that, then we're going to, you know, I'm ordained so I can lay hands. Right. And so that that's what that's what's going to happen. Right. You're not welcome in your own house. You're not welcome in your own place. And hold on, you know what? This is my place. Matter of fact, you got a half an hour, and I'm giving you too much time. You got a half an hour to pack all your stuff up, get all your bags together, and get out of my house. Because I don't want you in my house. If you're not going to welcome me into my own house, then you ain't going to be welcome in my house. And, 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 and so, you know, they're, they're like, well, you know, you're, you're, you're out of here. They call the cops, and, 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 and this whole thing happens. And... The owner is not allowed in his own house. How many times has God wanted to move in his house? How many times has God wanted to move in his house? And we find ourselves at a place where we're saying, no, that's not how we do it here. We got to have the two fast songs, or one fast song, a slow song. You, you, if that doesn't happen, people are going to be upset. Yet we came here for his presence. We came here to encounter him. And we don't allow him. He's sitting here saying, the songs you're singing are about me. And you don't let me in the building? The message he's preaching, those are my stories. As a matter of fact, he told it a little off, but you know what? I got grace on the preacher, so I'm going to let him slide on that one. I got you covered, preacher. You don't want to let me in the house? Hold on. If God was like my parents, he would have slapped me. I'm coming in the house anyway. It doesn't matter to me. But thank God that he's patient with us and loving it and, 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 and slow towards, you know, anger with us. Because, you know, if, it wouldn't, if he were not, imagine if God slapped you in the head every time you messed up. 
Or when he said, I'm going to say something once, and if you don't get the next time, and then, you know, I'm not going to say it again. I'm just going to start swinging. You know what I'm talking about, parents. Yeah. You know, each and every one of us would walk in with big old knots on our head. You would know who the knucklehead was by the guy who was all swollen. You didn't listen very good. Yeah. We've had services without him, but they're about him. written songs, but not want to welcome him into it. Preached messages and didn't want to have him. You can't disrupt my service here. This is me. But it's about him. Do you know him this morning? Do you know him this morning? I'm not talking about in theory, not about him, but do you know him in reality? Can he speak and you respond? When his presence shows up, are you sensitive to that, to the point where you respond to that very thing? I don't care if everybody else in the service, I I said it like this in the first service. Imagine you are at Ruth Chris Steakhouse. If you've never been there, it's an amazing place. You go there and you sit at your table, and everyone else around you is eating their steak, and you're looking at that, man, that sure would be a nice steak to eat right now. You got mashed potatoes and everything's on there, and you got all these things going on, and man, that sure would be amazing. Wow, that'd be, that's, that's an awesome meal. You're in the restaurant. You can have the same exact meal, yet you're sitting here watching other people eat their meal, salivating, oh, I wish I could have. All you got to do is get to the table and order, but some of us, we come to church looking at everybody else getting their blessing, and we don't want to engage in it. Listen, don't blame the preacher or the church if you leave church still hungry. Do you know him? Do you know him? Listen, it's about individual relationships with Jesus Christ. Wednesday and Sunday should not be your time to just eat your meal. If you are, you are very anorexic and sick spiritually. You have to have a relationship with him. He died to have one with you. Not just in theory. He doesn't want you to know about him. He desires to have intimacy with you this morning. So I ask you the same question that I started with. Do you know him? And is he evident to you? I'm tired of knowing about him and seeing how he moved. I want to see him move in my life. I don't want to hear about someone else's experience out on the street. I want to be sensitive to his spirit here in the body of Christ. But it all takes place when I come to this understanding that just coming to church isn't going to equate into a powerful relationship with Christ. I have to engage in what's taking place. I have to get up on Sunday morning and say, I don't know what the word is today, but I know it's for me. I don't know what songs they're singing, but I'm going to be excited because they're about him. I have to go to sleep on Saturday night knowing that I can't wait to get to service the next day. I can't wait to get to bed, and I can't wait to be in his presence. I can't wait for this. I can't wait for that. That's what equates into relationship. Imagine if you have a marriage, but all you do is know about your husband, but you don't really know them in reality. You just know them in theory. I know his favorite meal, and I know it makes him mad. That should be good enough, right? No, that doesn't make a marriage. That doesn't make a marriage. Intimacy. There has to be intimacy. 
That makes a marriage, intimacy, and then all those other things come along with it. And you're sitting here and say, I know it makes God mad, and so I'm not going to do it. No, he wants intimacy with you. That's what he wants because when I have intimacy with him, it equates to relationship. And when I have relationship, I just know it makes him mad, so I don't do it because I love him. That's what he desires for me and you today is to love him so much that you would know him in reality, not in theory. It does no good to read about him if you're not living it out. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.